Hello and welcome to this short week. Honey, you're ruining our kid. If you're living in Ireland, St. Bridget's Day. Yeah. Finally so being recognised as the bank holiday it deserves as yeah. a Kildare man. Yeah. I've always believed in this, but you've believed in it as a suffragette team feminist. I have to say though, I've never met anyone who knows more about St. Bridget than you. Than so me. obviously growing up in Kildare, <laughs> it went in. It went in. And, you know, have you ever been more grateful for a day off? I mean, bank well, holidays... Well, in Ireland we're getting this. So but, we like, bank holidays are the world everywhere. over. Yeah. And, you know, I think we haven't talked for ages on the show about fatigue, as Tina oh, does, yeah. a perfect no. yawn, <laughs> right at the spot where I say fatigue. I am feeling particularly exhausted today. I mm. don't know why. I am just having a flat day. Do you ever, like, think I'm just getting old? I think I've been getting old since I was 11. <laughs> yeah, well, we're definitely all getting old all the time. But I don't know. It's like there's a nostalgia in your head at all times for a period when you weren't this tired as a mm. parent. But, you know, our kid is not where a lot of you are. Uh, you but know, we're getting up in the middle of the night. No, we you know, yeah, uh, no, A little that. nap in the afternoon. We're through all that. And I'm still bollocks, but yeah. I haven't got that hazy fog tiredness yeah, the where I didn't really sicky. know up from down. I did Honestly, set off the house alarm today because I forgot the house Honestly, alarm was on. Darla, a good st- moment. I'm still angry about that. Mm, last, get over it. I know. Get last, over it. No. <laughs> last night, the only thing I said to Jerry Jerry's like, I'm going for a long run in the morning. A long run normally means I'm waking up really early and I'm going to wake everyone up. And I just said to him, Jared, please, please. <laughs> Please don't wake me up. Because normally you wake me up by going, Tina, I'm going on my long run now. And I'm like, I couldn't give less of a fuck about your long run. Just don't die in it and we're grand. Yeah. And instead, yeah. you get up. I don't wake up to that. Yeah, I did well. And then Slid out of the bed. Fucking house alarm going off. And I'm yeah. like... But you've you no idea. You're to, very light sleeper, you Tina. Let, no, Jerry, it's a loud alarm. <laughs> I was so disappointed in you. That I couldn't go back to sleep. That's, That's how angry yeah. you were. Mm. Sorry, my now, braces here's are particularly question, tight right? tonight, so it's, it, I'm standing a bit... You as a parent, mm. when you get upset, I can't you get find it hard to get it back on track. Yeah, I do. That the disappointment goes so deep in you. Oh, I don't tend to get disappointed with Mikey, though. That's something... That disappointment is just with you. No, I'm talking about where you get upset. Where you get so riled up by something that's happened that you you can't unsee it. Honestly, it's only you that brings out that emotion in me. Okay. (laughs) We should get Mikey in here. Uh, Because... It's, it's definitely not just me. But it is I, true. I re- recognise that you are if raising I, two kids. If I go sad, I can't get out of it. I find it so So where I think this isn't a bad one to put to the listeners. Is that a problem for you? Do you find mm. when your kid pisses you off that you can't get the show back on the road? Mm. If this is a thing that affects you too... How do you shake it off? How do you yeah, reset? I'm, take out the cartridge, blow into it, turn on and off the computer and get the show back on the road. Because honestly, you can carry it for the day, hon. Oh, but it's And only I mean a, that with all due respect. Yeah, but that's a little bit unfair what you're saying. Because <laughs> so the due I, respect didn't count. No, because I definitely try and keep the show on the road a lot of the time. It's only when I feel like you've gone... Uh, beyond what we agreed on and mm. I'm like oh jar 
we mm. talked about this. That's a point where I'm like, I can't mm. get back. Or if Mikey lies. If Mikey lies, that hurts me on another level. Like last night, we're in the car. And I'm like, okay. we bring him to a basketball match. Incredible. So much fun. Yeah. On the way home, I'm like, is there something in your mouth? He's nope. like, nope. I was like, that's weird. It sounds like, like there there's is. something in your mouth. So it's ten. It's nearly 10 o'clock. Yeah. So I'm like, in our house, I'm like, we can't have sweets after eight because yeah. you're not going to sleep. Except for me. I leave them until you <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> and then I said, Mikey, I think there's something in your mouth. He goes, nope. And then he opens his mouth. And that's real defiance. Yeah, to me. like fully like at an airport. Uh, Tina said, open your mouth, lift your tongue. Yeah. And there is a fizzy Mentos. And he's still denying it. No, there's nothing in there. That's an optical illusion. Uh, and I just go well, so here's, sad. Here's I don't the thing. get angry. I just we, go sad. We've had many questions on lying mm. on the show. Uh, dishonesty, mm. truth. And like along with the tiredness, this seems to be a universal. Everyone is dealing with the lies. An economy of truth, yeah. bending the truth. Uh, twisting things to be well I never said that I did you know and it's so annoying when people say it shows he has a great imagination you're like you know what I prefer honesty yeah I don't want to be raising an 80s politician but when you talk about fatigue like you did earlier honestly as we get older because I've been sick a long time I actually love seeing other people tired because I feel like I've been feeling tired what? since I was 11 since I was 11 I've been like I'm exhausted you you Tina gets excited when I say we get an early night oh my god so, that is oh, the oh sexiest thing you can say when Jared is like eight o'clock he's like do you want to go to bed I'm like I'm there I'm already there. <laughs> I'm like, zoom, out of the room. I'm, like, I'm in the bed. I'm in. This is a little uh, health warning for uh, the uh, anyone. It doesn't have to be the lads. Valentine's Day <laughs> is next week. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't got your shit together yet, lads, sort it out now. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Jarlett's always in a state of sort your shit out now because we had seen each other a lot before we start going out mm. and I always used to joke about we met on the 17th of February yeah. and I used to be like because you fucking cheapskate <laughs> you wouldn't ask <laughs> me out before Valentine's Day Hi Tina and Jar you're you have answered an awful lot of my questions and or you guys have answered a lot of questions in the past. Okay, got it. Uh, but I don't think you've covered this one. My daughter's 15 and is having a sleepover and wants to invite three others. And one of them is her girlfriend. I've always said I wouldn't let girlfriends or boyfriends stay over to my kids. However, the girlfriend's parents have said, okay. And have said my daughter can stay at theirs on their daughter's birthday. So now I'm stuck with this dilemma. Do I stick to my guns and come across as the mean parent? Or as there are others staying, should I just let them stay? Should I let her stay? This is a tough one, Tina. Good luck to you. Um, It's definitely tricky. And... uh I don't know, like, you know me, I'm completely anti-sleepovers, so I'm not really sure what to say to this mom here. I feel like if sleepovers aren't a thing you normally do, you can stick to your guns. Right. I would make some shit up. 
Is what that you, is that a negligent thing to do? What do you mean, make some shit up? Pretend that oh, it's not gonna work, and say I actually have a work thing. I've got to do a conference call at that time. The sleepover can't actually happen. Like it's not very uh, far sighted of me, but I just think that you're the parent and you get to go. Yeah, it doesn't actually work. I have a thing, and I'm really sorry to disappoint you guys. Well. But- it- it's tricky because this mom's super amazing in that she's completely fine with her daughter having a girlfriend, which is amazing for her daughter and really, really open minded of that mom. But she's still a little bit uncomfortable, as you would be with her child's partner coming over and staying in the house. Would you not just go to the other parents? Would that not be the would first place to go? Because it seems be- like you're giving all of this power to the kid. That like sometimes we are at risk of going, oh, I'm not going to be like my parents who are just like, you know, completely like we're the government. We'll we'll choose. I think it's perfectly acceptable for this mom to say it's OK to have your friends over, but you cannot have the person you're in a relationship with. You're saying over. you don't trust me. But that kind of bollocks 15. is going to start. They're 15. You can't encourage your kids to have sleepovers with their underage partners. Mm, but if it's under your roof, it's the same as the drinking thing. I don't mind you drinking as long as you're doing it no, in our house. No. But it's the same argument, is my point. That if you think your kids aren't going to figure out a way of getting the intimacy they need, uh, you're wrong. Um, they will find a way. And it just won't be on your watch. You won't be... Uh, there to step in or keep an eye. Well, I guess in a way, when you say that, if they're having other friends there, they also have to be aware of their social etiquette to those friends. They're probably hmm. not going to be intimate. So maybe you're worrying about nothing. Yeah. So what do you say to this? This is a dilemma. I it feel is. like it starts with the other parent yeah, crossing think, the boundary of deciding what's okay for you. Yeah, I think it's a, I think that's a really good point. I think that you should get in touch with the other parents and be like, Guys, we need to talk about this. Obviously, it's great that our girls have found each other and that we're both so open to this relationship. And that's lovely Mm. and so supportive and welcoming to their kids. But you need to set out some guidelines just as you would if they were dating a boy. Well, you've often said on this show that the last thing you should do is try and sort some shit out with parents at the school when kids have an argy-bargy that you really do want to go take what the kid is saying as a pinch of salt, get the teachers involved without going, your Michael has been terrible to my Trevor. Uh, That's just going to lead to aggro. But this is the opposite of that. They're they're affectionate to each other, these two girls. Um, I just don't know how you word it, though. Like, imagine that there are other people in similar situations. How do you word that if you go to another parent? I'd imagine when it's... It's still unique. Mm-hmm. And if both parents are welcoming and open to their kids being gay. Yeah. They're probably going to be great friends to each other. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it from this email. Because well, they've gone and made this choice. But those are probably very eager parents trying to be cool with their mm. kid. And or, this other mom. Or it's bollocks. Or they didn't actually say it was okay. Oh yeah, true. Because true, what you true. could do is go to them and go, listen, she's said that you're okay with this. 
oh, that's interesting. She said that you were the one yeah, that was okay. Yeah, I with think it. a parent could be chat being is played a good here. idea, Charlotte. I think that's a really smart idea <laughs> because both parents are being incredibly amazing parents. But it's still okay. Just because they're gay doesn't mean you wouldn't react the same way if they weren't. Mm. And if it was a boy and three girls, you wouldn't be like, yeah, let's do it. So I feel like it's probably going to be okay because it is a gathering. Yeah. But, but the, the bigger it's problem okay here. I'm comfortable with that. Bigger problem here that will relate to more people is what do you do if another parent says something is okay for your kid to do? while at their house it's very hard that is a tricky dilemma because i was very close to the mom and uh, we definitely had a very quiet period when i voiced that that's okay for your family but we don't do that really and And you said that yeah i was like that's not something we do we're not gonna be doing that i had to endure maybe two three months of her not being cool with me and then I was fine again. yeah and I guess you got to be ready to stomach mm. that mm. Uh, but I do think that like just the call to go hey just double check in um, mm. Laura says that you guys are totally fine with my Claire staying over yeah. at your place uh, can I just get a read on that from you is that is that the facts well I just don't know if I'm there yet I think that's perfect I think that's actually if I if I was going to feed parents limes, those are the ones I would give them. So well, well, I can't wait to hear f- how this pans out. Yeah, me too. Uh, if you are already a Patreon subscriber, you will know that a lot of the time we get back uh, the feedback email on what happened later. You'll need to be subscribed to Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad for the price of a five or a month you get access to all those extra large episodes with the extra bits at the end and the full archive going right back to episode one which never actually was freely available anywhere else you can see episodes one through six as i remember it are only available on patreon and of course there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of other material there for you to enjoy Jarantina, I'm at my wit's end with my six-year-old. I have a child who doesn't use her words when she's upset. She sometimes points, but usually just whines and cries and throws a massive tantrum. You'll need last week's episodes if you've got a tantruming issue. Last week we went in deep into the weeds, into tantrums. Get uh, that one if you want to go back. I'm not sure how to help her. I mean... I don't know what you're going to do with this, Tina. <laughs> this kid is, you know, red mist is descending and she's losing the use of her language. Mm. I've told her she's more likely to get what she wants if she stays calm mm-hmm. and tries to tell us. Sometimes I do know what she wants and I try to get her to say it so she can properly communicate with me. How can I get her to stay calm and use her words? I have two older boys who are not like this. Uh, is it a girl thing? I mean, I think it could be specific to this girl thing. Or have you seen this before, Tim? Well, I don't think it's a gender issue. I think what's probably happened is that time was put in with the other kids while she had more time to focus on feelings and reactions. And that maybe just because of busyness and there being two other kids and things having to roll along, this kid hasn't gotten the same, um, 
you know, uh, experience of that. Or this kid may have had the same experience of that, but actually just needs more of it. And what I'm saying is that, sorry, my brace is super tight. Did you, did you have a temper when you were a kid? No. Well, I did. Really? In a big way. Kicked holes in walls and stuff. As I mean, people tiny, wouldn't be t- able to uh, tell that from my placid demeanor on the microphone. But I think it was part of being the youngest. But that is, that does suggest that you were missing an education in emotions. And that is what we see with kids who are acting out that like this, that they actually just need a bit of time being put into teaching them about emotions and how to react and process their feelings Mm -hmm. and that comes down to just actively talking about how you're feeling a lot and how every feeling is okay right well i would argue Mm -hmm. that getting irate is not okay and that when you go every feeling's all right it sounds like this mom is worn out by every day it would appear. There is a moment in which her feelings overwhelm her to the point where she can't actually articulate what's wrong with her. Surely the the first port of call on this is to go, we don't get furious in this house Mm, if we have a problem we say it yeah that's a natural reaction for you to have but really what you have to do in those moments if your kid is irate or furious is to stop them and use the de-escalation script we're always talking about right remind us of that again well a de-escalation script is something you do in the moment when a kid is just losing it away yeah like like completely unreachable Mm. and in that moment what's really important is that you say their name right so that they feel seen do you touch them yeah you can you can lay their hand on their shoulder and just say their name so i'd be like jarlette i am sorry jarlette i see you okay and then you say i can see you're very angry I'm really sorry something has made you feel angry. And basically, by that time, they're like, they're just relieved mm. that you've acknowledged their anger. It's like stroking the Hulk's hand and saying, Yeah. Sun's getting pretty low in the sky, big guy. Honestly, from what I've seen in my experience, is that they're just, at that point, they're like, Thank you for noticing. So you've it. watched that take. Place. I've watched the absolute ice cream melt of emotion where they're yeah. like, Thank you for seeing that. And then you're like, distraction then you're like let's go walk away and let's talk about this doing some kind of activity like washing Mm. a table or i don't know bashing out a mat when should you get worried about this kid who is going supersonic when they're hurting you i mean that is out of control behavior and like you have to remember that as a grown-up you are in charge of your reactions what is your child seeking from acting out? They're seeking attention. So if you don't give them attention, and I mean eye contact mostly, they're not going to seek that out anymore. So if you are able in those moments of the awful outburst to be able to say, stay calm, mm-hmm. keep your words very small, to be able to do the de-es- de-escalation script of, I see you, I'm sorry you're feeling this way, you know, Uh, If you're able to keep it really small, 
get them to distraction. And then the minute they're in a good mood again or they're doing something positive, be able to go, I love seeing you like this. And then give them the eye contact, then give them the feedback. You're just reprogramming them to seek other attention out. Because at the end of the day, when they're acting out like that, they're just seeking you. They just want to be seen. And you have to let them feel seen in other ways. Now, this question, I think, falls into the category of there's not enough info here but i'm really keen to know what you say to this obviously a very specific situation uh, i think it kind of comes with a health warning if um you're at all uh dealing with um eating issues that you know this is a this is a very tricky one and multi-layered question where we only have a certain amount of info. It says, Tina and Jarlath, please help me. My child is a secret eater. I keep catching them in the kitchen at night. For ages, we didn't know where the hell the food was going or how we were getting through the weekly shop so fast. I think my kid has a real problem with this. My first question is, why the hell are they eating, do you think? Secondly, should we be worried? Is this something Tina's seen in the past? And if so, what do we do? What's the steps to be taken here? Many thanks, Anonymous. Okay, well, I think this either comes down to two things. I think either this kid and maybe this household needs to start doing a supper at nighttime where the kid has, you know, that additional meal before they go off to bed. Do you think they're genuinely hungry? Yeah, well, a lot of kids are hungry during the night and they just aren't brave enough to go down to the kitchen. And I think we've always done supper in our house. Anytime I've ever told anyone about supper, it's changed their life and in terms of their kid not waking up during the night. Really? And maybe this kid just needs, you know, two slices of toast and jam before bed. Did you ever get up uh, to get snacks in the night um, at any point in your life? Only when I was having really bad sleep issues and I was actually sleepwalking and sleep cooking. Sleep like, cooking? I was sleep cooking. Like stepbrothers? I was, yeah. I would wake up in the morning and I would have made a stir fry. I'd wake up and there'd be <laughs> toasted cheese sandwich in my bed and I would have no recollection of doing it. Holy and I did moment. that for months. So you were operating the cooker? Mm-hmm. I was getting up. Uh, I would only, I have no idea to this day how I did it. But I would wake up and there would be the plate and evidence of food in my bed. And I know that I would have been the one to have made it. The toasted cheese sandwich I'm interested in. Was it a good toasty? Well, it was always just leftover toasty. So I don't oh, even right, think. So you had already chowed down. Like, I know that the few uh, noodly stir fry things. I mean, that was just a hot mess in my bed. So I would obviously go make it, bring it back, fall asleep. It'd be amazing if we get an email from your flatmate at the time going... Finally, this prank. Oh, no. It, oh, well, that, it would was be me. that would be incredible. I was dumping but food in your bed at night. Fiona, who was my flatmate, my gorgeous friend, was just so worried for me mm. because she wasn't waking up when I was doing it. And we were sharing a room. And in the morning, she'd be like flabbergasted. Like, what was going on? Mm. I don't think that's what's happening here. What I think might be happening is either they're hungry going to bed, they're waking up and they're brave enough to go down to the kitchen or there is a chance your kid might have pica. And that is, you know, a syndrome of, you know, just never feeling full. 
Never okay. feeling content. Always needing yeah, more. Yeah, I wish we had more info it's here. It's honestly out of their control. And mm. if you're worried at all, I would say bring that kid to the doctor. I had never heard of Pika until yeah. you said it to me and explained it that you were seeing it with a couple of your clients. Can you explain mm. to people who think, that's what my kid has? Well, What's the difference between a kid who just mad into food and will eat a loaf of bread mm. in five minutes and a kid who actually has this thing well there are levels there's a spectrum of course like with everything uh severe cases would be just people who can't control anything they have to eat their own clothes they are yeah they are eating anything they can get their hands on you can't really trust them in their own bed because they will eat the pillows and this is something that pregnant women get too Uh, uh pregnant women yeah are likely to who struggle with pick a during their pregnancy will eat coal or turf or paper. I mean, I've seen people with this eat balloons. Is it a sensory thing? It's an insatiability and in, in that they just need to chew and process the food. Is it related to anxiety? Oh, I imagine so. So it's a bit of a mystery. Yeah, it's a bit of a mystery. It tends to be paired with a learning disability but not always Mm. and people can have it just very slightly in that they just never feel full Mm. or Mm. satisfied and they just need to have food or be chewing but like the extreme cases are like a girl I used to work with who just couldn't stop eating and to the point where I I used to have to bring her out in two hour walks every day and she would try and, and eat my arm and it wasn't that she was biting me it was that she just needed to chow Something. down yeah. and it was awful. I felt terrible for her. I didn't feel terrible for myself, but it's a very strange ailment. But yeah, um, all comes across in different forms. There's a chance this kid has it. But honestly, I think maybe just a supper might sort it Yeah, out. the vibe from the email. Yeah, is, you're right. We need more info. Yeah, like we'd love this person to get back. And if you are emailing honey, you're ruining our kid at gmail.com. Don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to give the backstory. Yeah. I won't read it out necessarily on the show, but it'll help Tina create a strategy for you. Yeah, like I edit down the emails every week. We couldn't possibly read out a full email. Mm. And also, I get loads of emails where people are like, please don't read it. Don't put it on the show. That's fine too. So what your strategy is here is to start, if you are experiencing this, kids getting up in the middle of the night, sneaking snacks start with supper explain Honestly, like I, I, I can't believe i'm saying this but what does supper look like in your opinion is it just before bed before they brush their yeah. teeth is it a half an hour before honestly i think even if your kid's not getting up during the night supper is the cutest thing you might do as a family mm. ever we've been doing it forever on the advice of my mom which helped us immediately with Mikey sleeping. And I just I think it's... Semolina used yeah, to give him. Semolina. And he loved I it. Loved it. And honestly, the minute we started doing it, he stopped waking up during the night. Um, I think it's like 40 to an hour before bedtime. Mm. Fills him up. And he also can feel a bit warmer in the yeah. bed as the digestive also, system tries to break the food Because you're down. giving them toast or crackers or something and a glass of milk. It actually, it helps them relax and feel, allow the tiredness to come into their yeah. bones. We all feel a bit It was a game changer for us. I do encourage other people to do it. So whether your child's getting up or not, it's a cute thing to bring okay. in. Okay, and I, I know I do this all the time. The wider issue is that, is it possible that 
this family or look it's look it's a really common thing we're in a world where weight body shape Mm. body image is being talked about way more than ever before boys now are presenting with eating disorders uh, body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. like should the family start thinking about that and how they're discussing food what they're talking about like why does this kid feel shame around going to get snacks why can't this kid even knock on his parents door and go mom dad i'm starving that's an interesting point because i didn't even think of that i did good Tina's yawning. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's late. Uh, I didn't even think of that because I just assumed that it was, you know, either they're hungry and they're brave enough to go down or maybe there's something else, but maybe there is shame around the food. Maybe he is eating at nighttime by himself. Maybe he is gorging in that he feels relaxed to doing that. And you're yeah. right. I mean, food terrifies me. I am always trying to get that right in terms of, you know, the the dialogue being correct, I know. And I do come from a place where, like, it was talked about in yeah. a strange way in my family because of horse racing. Yeah. I, my family were in horse racing and the lightest jockey is the best jockey. And somewhere along the line that went in. Mm. That went in. Yeah, and it's scary because... We have a very open house. I'm very... We both push the whole dialogue of the more you eat, the stronger you are, the more energy your body's getting. You're growing. You're fueling your body. Still not doing it right. Yeah, somehow. We're not getting it right. But I was blown away when I came to your house first and how much they were like, get that food into you. (laughs) Whereas I definitely was like, from a background where it was like, well, why would you eat so much? Yeah, but I grew up in... Like you say, that house, and I considered the more food I ate, the stronger I got, mm. the bigger I was. Yeah, it was, was a, better. It was a mark of a good but person. It doesn't transcend everyone mm-hmm. because we're very much following that model and still. It's still know. there. And it's yeah. still, look, I think that it, I'd be interested to know do they even say what age this kid was? No. Yeah, you see, that's going to affect things too. Tina just threw the wedding ring on the floor <laughs> and was my like, fuck ring this podcast. Why don't we get more from this person in the weeks to come? Uh, And if you have a secret eater on your hands, get in touch with the show. Honey, you're ruining our kid at gmail.com. That is it for our free episode here on the free platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to this. Give us a rating, a comment and a subscription. Or if you're really loving the show or you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. And as we said, get a whole chunk more each week. Is Tina, is there anything you want to add there? Well, I want to say that I am a, sorry for being a little bit tired tonight while we record Tired this. and emotional. Tired and emotional. But uh, we had the most amazing weekend celebrating Charlotte's seven-year anniversary of donating his kidney to his brother. We all have those days, hon. You don't need to apologise Well, to I me. woke up today feeling You couldn't get your right. energy right. I've yeah. been broken for the whole day. Imagine I, you had a tiny little baby and oh, you felt well, like that. I remember having a tiny little baby and feeling like that. And I do. You couldn't get it right today. I couldn't get it right today. The whole day, I just, my eyes have been closing. My brain doesn't want to function. I don't know. Well, but this has been a fucking great episode. What I do know is, though, on Friday, it was pretty magic. We went away. We toasted to you and your kindness. And I think it's really important to remember that we're 
we really were celebrating kindness this weekend and focusing mm. on doing really beautiful things and knowing that that's our stamp. Mm. Well, getting to talk to Mikey about donating. If people don't know, I don't bring it up much. <laughs> donated a kidney to my brother seven years ago. And, you know, I have heard discussions on other podcasts this week where people are going, you could never make me do that. I yeah. could never do that. I would do that for a million pounds. Um and, you know, Mikey asked me at breakfast, why did you do it? And I said, because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And to me, yeah. that was why it was a no brainer. It was an, a thing that was presented to me. I yeah. was asked mm-hmm. to do a thing. And, you know, I did have Mikey in my head to model for him forevermore that the right choice is often the hardest choice. Yeah, but you say it like that and it's all very well and good and that you did a beautiful thing. But the scary thing for our family that we never talk about is that I will also need a kidney. At some point, yeah. Yes. And I did not want you to donate to your brother because I was like, first of all, he could do it doing dialysis for a little while, hmm. which is something I think yeah. breeds but the, but gratefulness. They didn't do it like just because for the crack. I, oh, he did of need course it at not. that he, moment in he time. He absolutely needed but a But definitely living but through dialysis would have changed the whole dynamic even of a the week, whole thing. Even a week, but I don't uh, think I would put anybody through dialysis. No, it's horrific. It, it is. And yeah. what you did but for your brother is What you amazing. mean is the timing for our family. He, yeah. Mikey was so small. Yeah. We could have waited till the summer holidays. Oh, yeah. But it didn't we need to be done straight away. Way. And you were like gung-ho and incredible. You were like, I got to do this for my brother. I want to make his life better. And mm. that was amazing. Right away. Yeah. But for me, I was also like, Charlotte, I'm going to need a kidney. And there is a still a bit of me that thinks, well, what if we're a match? Because mm, now we well, just can't even ever test that. And even if we weren't, there is a thing that you guys should look into called the transfer network. That you can altruistically donate a kidney into the network yeah. and they will swap it with someone who isn't a match. Uh, like this thing spans continents. Yeah, and that's our, incredible. But yeah. still, our own personal, our own personal story, story was that I am going to need a kidney. Mm. You've already given yours away. Yeah. Which is great. Your brother's flying it and all. That's fantastic. I do think it's incredible what you did to your brother. And it has taken me a long time to come around because up until the minute they put, put me the, under, uh, put Jarlet under, I was like, Jarlet, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, up until the minute. So yeah, he, which was really helpful. We've been by together the way. for so long and I've been by your side for everything and having your back that was the only, the time, only time when I was like I'm is not this, on board with this, this. I don't want to do this yeah. to the very last minute Yeah. and yeah I am glad you did it I think you're an incredible person thank you if we were going to go back what would I do I Who would knows? be tougher about I saying think, don't do it I think, <laughs> I think I'd convince you again guys thank you so much for listening as I said come on over to Patreon here's the rest we're going to talk about family etiquette Uh, We're just talking about families there. We're going to talk about etiquette at family gatherings. Are you heading to a particularly tricky family gathering? How are you going to avoid the bust up or the kids getting into it? Because this can be a problem. Mm. We've got communion season, confirmation season coming up. Uh, I'm obviously joking about the kidney thing too. Oh, okay, you don't need to say that. <laughs> uh, come on over, patreon.com forward slash Irishman. Thanks, Nina. Love you. Love you, Jared.